I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. We've both been guests on We Are Movies before. We love talking movies with Johnny. But I'm a jealous boy. You are. That's why we've decided to talk movies with, with each, each other. other. We started our own podcast called You, you Made, made me, me Watch. Each week we make each other watch a movie the other has never seen. You Made Me Watch. New episodes every Friday. Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Movies. As always, I'm Johnny Mockney, and my guest today is Zach Liss. He's a comedian out of Chicago, and one of his favorite movies of all time is Superbad, which is also one of my favorite movies of all time, which might come as a surprise. I know I tend to posture myself as like the stuffy Bergmanian of all the people you hear on this podcast, but at the end of the day, I grew up with the movies of my generation, and Superbad is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Zach Brave a thunderstorm for this episode so the audio might uh, be a little fishy every now and then but uh, we had a great conversation about um, the movie and just how much we love it and we reminisced about that and uh, also had a general talk about the state of comedy today as well as shared uh, some of our own stories about trying to obtain alcohol at less than legal ages so without any further ado please enjoy this very legal episode of we are movies you know what's weird is i was in chicago literally like the week a week or two before everything shut down um, I was there doing comedy with some people and people were already making like COVID jokes in their standup. And then, and it was literally like the next week. Back I remember when it, it was like, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Back, back when it was like, just like a joke, yeah. like we could just, it was this far off thing, you know, yeah, yeah. like we were all like, people were just like, you know, ass to ankles in this bar, like sweating on each other. And this guy <laughs> is, is like, you know, a foot in front of the audience, just spitting on people. Like, how about this coronavirus <laughs> thing? And we were all just laughing. Yeah. Like it didn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, it's good times. Have you, have you been able to do any comedy in Chicago? Um, I've called maybe 40 open mics and one of them said we're open. And then I called them a day later and they're like, yeah, we're closed. Hey, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's right that's especially probably rough in the city because um there's like not a lot of patio places there's not a lot of like yeah you know everything's pretty tight there yeah i was so, very hyped to come here and then that all just <laughs> ended yeah, yeah. so do, do you consider yourself a movie guy more like i think more than the average person who i'm friends with and then I come across people like you or hear about people like you. And it's like, yeah, not even a little bit. <laughs> like I remember Julia told me that you can like, if I gave you two actors, you'd be able to like connect them through like move. Like it was some weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I, just... I know. I, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, okay. <laughs> my mom, our mom used to make us do it at parties and stuff or make me do it. So yeah, no, like it's like where I could, um, if you named like two random actors, I could connect them through movies that they had been in. Um, and I was, I mean, when I was like 12, it was like an impressive thing, you know, when you're 12 and you yeah. know that kind of stuff or younger, it was like cute, but now it's just like sad. Cause <laughs> like when you're a 21 year old, when you're a 21 year old who has this encyclopedic yeah. knowledge of something, it's like, well, yeah, that's what 21 year olds yeah. do and they don't have <laughs> friends. So, uh, <laughs> but um 
What do you think was uh, the first... Do you think there was a certain age you were at or a certain movie you saw that made you consider yourself a movie person or something that kind of maybe sparked that interest a little bit? I think when I was younger, I saw, I was like very young and it was like one of my introductions to like comedies, which is weird. Uh, I saw like the 40 year old virgin and I thought it was funny as a child. And my parents were like, why are you laughing? And I was like, I don't know. It just seems fun. I want to like this. I don't know. Cause everyone else right. was laughing. That's a weird insight. My parents let me do that. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> and, then, and then when I was older, I felt like, um, uh, like I saw like different dramas that made me really into movies again. Like I saw like Moonlight, like that made me like, like yeah. I loved that so much. I watched like all of Barry Jenkins stuff, like his short films and stuff. I got really into that. But then, yeah, over time, I think I've just gotten more attuned to it. Yeah. That's a cool answer though, Moonlight. That's like, I think most people, like I think about back to when I was in high school and uh, we had like a teacher who asked everyone's favorite movie. And this one guy was just like Jason Bourne. And this was like, um, like three weeks after Jason Bourne came out and uh, she was like, Oh great. Well, is it good? I love the Bourne trilogy. And she, he's like, Oh, I've never seen those. So I was like, <laughs> this guy just saw a movie and yeah. hadn't seen anything. It was a sequel to it. He's already concluded this is his favorite movie, but yeah, no, that's cool. The uh, moonlight. And I'm assuming you saw if Beale street could talk, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Made me ball my eyes out. Just... Yeah. <laughs> the way he does close-ups, like it, I've talked, it's amazing. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I could yeah go on forever about why Barry Jenkins is great. And um, I, the, yeah, the nuances uh, that he captures in those movies, especially Moonlight, which is a yeah. movie where very little is happening, like mm-hmm. in terms of beginning to end. I have a thing for coming of age movies, any movie oh. where you see someone grow up a little bit, I start crying <laughs> the moment it happens. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's the perfect segue to super bad. Uh, I was, yeah. tra- I was like, how else do you connect <laughs> Moonlight and super bad? <laughs> Uh, besides that they're both one word compilations of two words. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, that's a, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, super bad is a great coming of age movie. This is a movie I saw when I was probably, I was, I would have been 11 or 12 years old. I was maybe a little too young. I don't know. When did you first see it? Yeah. I saw it also. I was pretty young. I don't remember like the specific age. Um, and then, I, for whatever reason, I rewatched it before like junior year of high school or something. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. And then I went to Urban Outfitters and I bought a shirt that had like the McLovin <laughs> thing on it. And then I went to school and your sister, Julia, said, chicken, chicken, yeah, fake IDs, fake IDs. And then I rewatched it that night and I was like, wow, this is an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. think I showed that movie to Julia. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, like, you know, every generation has their like coming of age teen movie. Like, I think we think about the eighties as like the Renaissance for that with like all the John Hughes stuff. Um, and in a certain way, I think there's like three or four movies that kind of define like the two, the, the two thousands to 2010, uh, generation maybe like super bad maybe like mean girls or something like that but super bad i think at least from my experiences was like the most kind of accurate movie about high school in terms of like capturing the idiosyncrasies 
Did you, did you feel the same way? Yeah, entirely. Yeah. It's like how everything seems so big in every moment. And it's yeah. like, you look back on it and you're like, what was I even thinking? Like even like the last year sometimes it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I well, definitely. Yeah. And it, it totally like kind of nails like the kinds of people that you meet too. Yeah. A little bit. And, um, the, I, the thing I think the movie does best are aw- awkward interactions, uh, yeah. which the movie's like so front loaded with that. There's so many scenes of like Evan talking to the girl he likes and, uh, <laughs> and like, um, maybe one of my favorite lines of dialogue of all time is, um, Emma Stone saying to Seth, like, if you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. And he's like, yeah. well, the funny thing about my back, Jules, is it's located oh my on God. my cock. You're right. <laughs> and then just the silence that follows yeah. is so palpable. Um, and that yeah. that kind of, like, j- humor that makes my palms physically get yeah. sweaty. And, like, the weird <laughs> walk back, like, everyone's been there. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the movie, so what's interesting about the movie is uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg started writing it when they were in middle school. I think like late yeah. middle school, they started writing it. And that's why, you know, the main characters are named Seth and Evan. <laughs> and um, they finished it, I think after high school. Um, mm. And it's, I think that's part of why it works so well. Cause it's like, this feels like it, a lot of teen movies nowadays are written by 40 year old out of touch white dudes who don't yeah. really like if you look at an IMDb for like most Disney Channel original movies and click on the uh-huh. screenwriters, it's like these like gross old guys uh, who yeah. you know probably went to high school in 1976. But the, the, there's such a connection between Superbad, I think, and what it yeah. was actually like being a high schooler. Did you relate at all to that? I guess the story <laughs> of like because this is also like a specific genre of teen movie which is like people on the last day of high school or towards the end of high school trying to do something that's going to make them cool i think in some ways it's like i relate to the specific awkward moments that like uh, like keep on happening throughout the movie where it's like you're trying to talk to a girl you like or something and it's like how do i get out of this that type of thing (laughs) and then like this weird like nostalgia for like how high school could have ended because it's like you know, like high school ended basically four months short for me. So it was like, you know, like watching it makes you feel like, I don't know, like things could have been like this magnificent, you know, you know, like what they were trying to make like in high school. It's like, we all lose our virginity the same night and everything's crazy (laughs) and we all grow up. But then it's like, ah, you just go home and wait till college, you know? Right. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, what the movie's about, right. Is that it's like, it's kind of all about these expectations versus reality and like Mm -hmm. how it's all pretty anticlimactic and it's kind of like the ant the antithesis to something like American pie, which is like all about dudes who are going to lose their virginity right at the end of high school and the movie, like no pun intended, but the movie like climaxes like a movie and it like leads to, it's about them obtaining a goal and the movie has like a well-rounded happy ending and like a, Uh, a resolution to all of that. And that's not what Superbad does, <laughs> which is yeah. like so clever about it. I don't know. Do you have like, in terms of like that early stuff, like the early interactions, is there one that sticks out to you? I remember when, uh, when uh, Michael Sarah's talking to Bucca and like, they're talking about like why he wasn't at the party last night. And he says, he looks down, he's like, well, I just couldn't find a minute to make an appearance. And like, 
I just felt that was like very, you know, like yeah. <laughs> high school and he's just like overcompensating in every way. And then, um, and then when they're like in the, uh, <laughs> when they're like in the grocery store buying a Red Bull before school and, um, and it's like how like trivial, like people talk about sex. Like he was like, I had two dozen hand jobs and three quarters of a blow job, but, um, but and I was counting on more. And then, <laughs> yeah, I like, I really felt like I related to that and it was very like reminiscent. Yeah. Yeah, that whole scene when they're going for like Seth to get the Red Bulls, um, feels it feels long. Like it's yeah. it, it really takes its time. I think about how a lesser movie would just be like boom, boom, A to B, but we get this yeah. whole roller coaster of a conversation that is genius because you do get some background information about them and yeah, and you figure out the kinds of characters they are. Um, it has one of my favorite lines, which is like because early on, um, because when Seth is trying to say he peaked too early sexually, and then Evan's yeah. like, you're like Orson Welles. Yeah. And then later he's just like, I totally get why Orson Welles ate his fat ass to death. <laughs> Which is... Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, I know this movie has a lot of riffing in it, just like every Judd Apatow produced movie does, and like every Seth yeah. Rogen thing does. Um, but it feels, maybe it's the way they edited it, and picked out the right stuff it all feels cohesive it doesn't feel like they're um you know like they're just kind of riffing and headed nowhere with it yeah like you can see in some other movies that they've done um and the movie overall like has a really good rhythm to it i think the editing like there's a lot of cutaway gags (laughs) um like one of my favorites uh in the beginning is fogel um who we'll talk about Fogel more because he's, you know, an iconic character. But when Fogel is like talking about when he was walking in the hallway following the girl whose like uh, G string was showing, oh. and then yeah. he's and it cuts to it cuts to him following her, and then she just turns around and looks at him, and then he goes like, Oh, it's it's 9:30, and then he walks away and it cuts back to him going, like, I told her what time it was. <laughs> <laughs> And the movie has so many great moments like that, where just like the the way they cut to something and back, it's like Family Guy esque kind of. Um, yeah, yeah, super well done. What? Okay, this is pretty important. <laughs> first time you watched it, maybe you've changed your mind on this, but first time you watched it, did you feel like you related to a certain character more than others? Um, I felt like definitely parts of me relate to uh like michael Sarah's character like in terms of like like you're like you're just actively trying to be like the nice guy and keep everything together but it's like you're just too weird and anxious inside to make that the case you know like it's yeah i feel like i i definitely pieces of me are in him yeah sure yeah no i i felt the same when i first watched it it was just like you know the guy in the hoodie uh, who has the more embarrassing friend? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, everyone had like a Seth friend, and if yeah. you didn't have a Seth and friend, he's, you like, were apologizing for everything. He's like, "I'm sorry, I got into Dartmouth, man. I don't know what to do." And it's, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the smart guy who's like, yeah, who feels bad about it, and then also like the way he's kind of torn between, you know, he's got Seth, who is this super body like misogynist (laughs) dude uh, who's his best friend. And he just like has this personal connection with him. And then like Fogel who he is going to Dartmouth with, but kind of, he like doesn't want to 
be around Fogel, yeah. but is going to room with him anyway. <laughs> yeah, just afraid of living with strangers. Like, that's, like, such a, yeah. That's such a relatable thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my roommate, but that's... <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I guess... I don't know how it's... The plot of this movie, I guess it's... It's basically, it's about two guys trying to lose their virginity and just going through a whole lot of, <laughs> like, a whole lot of yeah. obstacles to get there. Um, and it's part of a subgenre that I consider the the all-in-one-night subgenre, which, like, I think one of the things I really like about this movie that I think gives it, like, an urgency compared to most other comedies like this is that it's, like, pretty much, like, it all takes place in one day. And it's all about, uh-huh. like, it's leading to this party. Yeah. And so you're kind of always, like, invested because, you know, there's, like, a ticking clock element to it. No, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Were you surprised at all by, like, how certain things panned out the first time you saw it? Because the movie takes, I would even say, like, in the first act, it takes some super sharp turns <laughs> that you wouldn't expect, yeah. uh, particularly with Fogel. Yeah, I was definitely surprised. Like, to, to see the way that they incorporate um, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen is maybe the best. Like, it's just incredible. Like I wrote down, like, uh, uh, I can't, I can't find it, but the way they like, like they're, those characters are introduced at the supermarket when Fogel is uh, about to, like he, he gets the alcohol and right. then he says, uh, so like they're trying to figure out who the robber was. And they're like, so, uh, I'll start here with the height and then Seth Rogen starts at the bottom and they try to find a middle and they're like, and stop. Like, I just felt like <laughs> that's a weird tangent, but I just love those characters. Um, and then uh, in terms of being surprised, um, I think I was surprised by mainly how like genuinely emotional it becomes towards the end of it. Like sure. when I watched it at the end of junior year, I was like, I would so feel that way towards like, where it's like things are moving so fast and it's like the people around you, you're realizing like how our relationships are going to evolve over time. And it's just like, it's like a really weirdly sentimental end of like a hilarious movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it all amounts to that scene with Seth and Evan in the sleeping bags, just yeah. saying that they love each other. Like it's, and it's, then they wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how quickly he gets out of bed. Like it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's, yeah. I, I, and that's what works so well about it is like, especially since the movie, it kind of, it begins and ends in reality. And in the middle, there's so much like over the top farcical stuff. Um, yeah. Particularly with Fogel's adventure, uh, after he gets, you know, he's trying to buy alcohol with the fake ID that says McLovin, um, and his whole adventure with Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, uh, but then just, like, the various, like, there's almost, like, this, like, Greek mythology structure to how they just kind of stumble into all these weird different yeah. situations with all of these weird characters that show up for one scene. Yeah. Um, what's, I didn't know, the guy, the actor Joe, what's his Nolo name? Nolo Truglio. Yes. Yeah, he from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Great appearance in the movie. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, one of the funniest parts of the movie, I was just, like, watching this, like, recently, when he <laughs> he punches, like, the cocaine guy, the guy who's, who has, like, the house party, and yeah. he says, sorry, the tiger's out of the cage. And then he's like, 
and he's like calming himself down too. Like it's <laughs> right. Oh, good. You're right. And he's, I mean, he's such a, he's already like a funny looking guy. Cause he's, he's like tiny yeah. and uh, he's got like a funny face, but the, the little subtleties to his performance, how like early on when he's just like, Hey, you guys know a guy named Jimmy. You look like his brother. And he's kind of yeah. like rocking on his legs for a little while. <laughs> and then also when they're in the car and they're, he's, they're talking about like their plans to have sex with the girls they like. And then he's just like, and who's going to give it to her? You, man, yeah. that's who. <laughs> like he's just yeah. Like, he's like, yeah. He's introduced hitting someone with his car. And then he's like, his character leaves just getting fucking hit in the nuts. And then that's it. Like it's just right. such, such a perfect like arc. Yeah. I do love how the, that little throwaway line about uh, Evan, Michael Sarah's character, looking like this random, this brother of some guy named Jimmy. Like, it comes back when he ends up in that room full of the guys doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the way that they're just like, oh, he's his name's, like, he, that's Jimmy's brother. He's a great singer. And, like... <laughs> It's yeah. such a weird situation to get caught in, but the fact that he decides to actually sing for them and he's like, you know, yeah. these guys, that song, and he gets people like into it. Also just a testament to how like great Michael Sarah is in the movie. Like Yes, so incredible. Like I, my whole family has like kind of a weird fascination for him. Like um like when I was younger, for some reason my sister loved the movie Juno, so I watched that like a few times. And then literally we just got a new dog recently and we named her Juno. Like this weird culmination of like my family's relationship to Michael Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, no, he's great. Like he had a weird, like few years of where he had this like time in the sun where he was like Mm -hmm. in so much stuff and like Scott Pilgrim. I don't know. We have those actors where there's like phases and they go away, but Michael Sarah, I look back on pretty much everything he did and I still think he's like great. Like he's, he like yeah. he nails all these little subtleties like when becca gives him his pen back and he just has this bit of just like no you can keep it and then you'll uh, you'll never need a pen again like yeah. <laughs> uh it's just so perfect you believe that these are words that are just coming out of a guy's mouth like spontaneously you know yeah. and like him and jonah hill as seth are like one of the greatest comedy duos of all time uh i know it's like very easy to go ha skinny guy fat guy you know, yeah. <laughs> they make, they, they look funny next to each other, which they yeah. do. Cause that's the poster is just the two of them standing next to yeah. each other. <laughs> but the easiest fucking, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's great. They, yeah, they compliment each other so well. Um, and there's, there's so many things. I don't know like what you think you quote with your friends the most, but like we would like just the, the little bits about like hiding their erections and flipping it up into their waistline. Yeah. Uh, so many of those parts stuck. Like, did you, do you have anything that's just like in your conversational lingo now that you just throw out? Like, I feel like growing up people didn't really watch this movie as much as like I thought they would, but like, there's so many things that are just quotable lines after watching it, you know, like, um, What's one? Uh, the like, like Michael Sarah's like one name. Are you are you seal? That was a great one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like yeah, the awkward punch. Um, oh yeah, okay. Also, weirdly separate thing. When I watched his junior year, and I didn't know James Franco was in this movie. 
and he's in that one. His one line is, "That was eight years ago, asshole." When he uh, says, D- right, Dave Franco, I think. Yeah, oh, Dave right. Franco. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's he's such a, a weird. <laughs> he's the guy who peed his pants, right? Yeah, such a weird like, throwaway where it's like, "Oh yeah, and he's here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can't. I feel like your generation was more of like a consistent, like super bads are movie. For sure. me, I feel like comedy is just kind of like took a turn where it was like maybe it's just like. I don't want to get into the whole like PC culture thing, but it's like, we just don't have many like famous comedies. We all reference all the time besides like TV shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I, I, in a lot of ways, I think super bad couldn't be made today. Um, and, and it's because of the fact that the main characters are kind of not good people, <laughs> yeah. which is part of what makes them relatable. And I think that's such an important thing is that when you are, you know, on the cusp of maturity when you're like reaching bodily maturity, but not non-mental maturity, which is the end of high school. Uh, you're usually not acting in the best interests of most people. You're usually yeah. kind of a dick. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at some of the greatest things about that generation, like even like, did you ever watch the show, the in-betweeners? Um, no, but I've, I've heard about, it. yeah. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, if you're going to correctly capture you know that time in your life people are are not you know always great the the main characters even the nicest guys are still a little misogynistic mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know they're 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 not always doing the right thing but then the important thing is that in the end you can still relate to them on some sort of human level and that's why i think this movie does so well is like the characters are still endearing despite all of these despite, but also kind of because of the horrible things about them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I, I was having this conversation um, when I was in high school, I took a history film class, which was like the worst decision ever. Um, if you like film classes are meant to be taken in college. I think if you take them in high school, it's usually just a bunch of kids that want a free hour. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of boring, but we were talking, we had just watched uh uh, Ferris Bueller or something like that and we were having a discussion about what the teen movie of our generation was and people were throwing some stuff out and I was like trying to make the case for Superbad and everybody like teamed up against me with High School Musical and I was like okay but literally though we all watched High School Musical when we were seven so it's like by definition, it's not a teen movie because it's not marketed for teenagers. Yeah. That's kind of what's the most important part is that and to to appeal to teenagers, I mean, like the real the realistic take on that is that like it has to be kind of uh vulgar. <laughs> um but then also like in a way, super bad's a little more emotionally complex than something like high school musical. I remember that was a part of what I meant to say earlier. Uh, like when uh, Bill Hader's character is introduced, the line, uh, just like a woman, even after their death, they want to take your heart out when referring to him as an organ donor. That yeah. is such a golden line. And that's like his first thing he says. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you get a whole backstory to that about his ex wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, and then they repeat that later, and you find out that his wife, his first wife, was actually a prostitute. It's terrific. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> so perfect. Many weird throwaways. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and it comes back around. That's where, like, a lot of these jokes are not, like... Like, it feels like the whole movie still works as a whole. It's not just, like, a bunch of non-sequiturs. Um, mm-hmm. And it so perfectly collides with this side story with the cops and Fogel having the night of Fogel's life with them ending up back at this party. <laughs> like, all of our... All five of our principal characters end up, like, at this party. Like, which... Well, it happens a couple of times because they accidentally hit Seth with their car. <laughs> yeah. He gets hit We're, twice by a car in the same thing. He does, which also has one of my favorite lines, which is when uh, uh, um, Seth Rogen's character, the cop, is trying to chase down Michael Sarah, <laughs> And Michael Sarah has this comical, like, fast run where he has, like, <laughs> flat hands and he's sprinting. And then Seth Rogen's, like, panting and he's like, oh, that kid's, he's the fastest kid alive. That... <laughs> That part is like one of the yeah. one of the best, but it it is funny to watch the whole thing now too, where it's just like the idea of the quest in the movie is to get alcohol so you can bring it to a party and then use the alcohol to get laid is so like mm-hmm. trivial, but in the movie it is it's kind of like what you said earlier it it's the most important thing in the world yeah right? yeah in the mission <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like these are the instructions we we do this we do this tonight and we make it happen. And just like the commitment to that throughout the entire story is to come, like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's established at the beginning when, um, when Jonah Hill's like, uh, you know, every time you see a girl that's like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten so wasted last night. I, sh- I shouldn't have slept with that yeah. guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then that logic kind of checks out and it's like in that moment, you're kind of rooting for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I love, I don't like, you kind of get three final interactions. You get uh, Jonah Hill, who is into Emma Stone's character, um, uh, who's uh, this is like pre pre famous Emma Stone, um, and you get their final interaction, and then like at this party, you get their story coming to a head, and then you get uh, Michael Sarah's char- uh, character and Becca. Um, which is the funniest one to me. Like everything about that storyline, I think concludes perfectly <laughs> um, <Yeah>. where <laughs> like the whole, like, um, cause he finds out that she's really wasted and she wants to sleep with him. And then like, naturally he now like comes to this point where he's like scared about it, <laughs> yeah. which is perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like getting undressed, and he's like, "You're you're so pretty. I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to do." <laughs> he's like, "You're just you're, you're the nicest person." Like she's saying this really dirty stuff to yeah. him, and he's just like, "Oh, you're just like the nicest person." Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines too. It always stuck out to me when she takes off his hoodie. Uh, he's like, "Careful with this hoodie. It's vintage. Yeah. I got it at that vintage store." <laughs> just <laughs> yes. <laughs> But also that scene where he's, like, trying to prep because he wants to get drunk. Because there's a great bit where, like, this uh, one of her friends is describing to him. She's he's like, oh, yeah, Becca's super drunk and she's going to have sex with you. And he's like, oh, like, well, isn't – or he says, like, isn't that taking advantage of her? And she's like, not if you're drunk, too. So he, like, he takes, like, this whole bottle and he's, like, in the bathroom. And it's so painful to watch. It's so gross because, like – you're that's the least enjoyable experience to just like yeah. lock yourself in the bathroom <laughs> and just try and the way how he takes that first sip and just spits it all over the mirror 
Should I just say some things that I thought were amazing? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Um, back to that scene. The other thing was um, when they're talking about the robbery and he was like, um, uh, <laughs> they're talking about the guy and he was like, oh, oh, he was a Jew. An odd crime for a Jew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they're talking about like what he looks like. And he's like, oh, so was he look, look like me or like, look like you? And she was like a right. black woman. She's like, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I love yeah. the the way they have him, like, because he doesn't even want to say black. He's like, was he Af- a- a- African? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is she's like a woman? <laughs> yeah, when they're at the, um, <laughs> when they're in the car and he's like, he's like, when I first joined the force, I thought everything was going to be like, it was going to be sperm everywhere. And like, that's the way I'll be catching everyone. Right. And he's like, you see, if the man had ejaculated at, and then punched you in the face. We have a much easier time finding. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all of their interactions. Like there, there's that also that great part where they're in the bar, and the whole movie you're like trying to figure out if they actually are on to Fogel, or who they yeah. think is McLovin, or if they're like just messing with them. Because there's also that part they're like, like uh, they ask him about going with girls, and he's like, "It's not the going with girls; yeah. it's the <laughs> coming." And they're both like, "All right, McLovin." <laughs> yeah, no, that's terrific. Which obviously turns out to be like a bit at the end, and that they were kind of on to him the whole time. Which is also like a surprisingly mature way to take it. That yeah. the two goofy cops, like they get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and recently, I here's a little inside college scoop. I legitimately bought alcohol for the first time. Like oh, well. you know, congratulations! Yes. Oh, with and, the fake idea, cool. Yes. And I like I remembered the movie because like I was pulling out like Miller Lite or whatever shitty beer I was getting, and it was like about to like fall, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, this is such like a heartthrob, you know? Like I really, yeah. Did you have that moment like when Jonah Hill tries to buy the alcohol for the first time and he like imagines the cop slitting his throat <laughs> and stuff? Like, like, was there like that genuine moment of fear that it's all going to go wrong? I had a moment, but I came in with a plan. I put in um, AirPods to be like, you know, I'm just going about my day. This is something I do. And then I looked at the guy um, and he was just like this old laid back Indian man who could not give a shit. And me putting the beer on the table, like woke him up and he was like, all right, I guess I have to. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Did the, so did, did you, did he have to even have to see the ID? No, didn't even. Oh, and I've wow. gone there every time since he does not care. Oh, great. And then, yeah. Does it, does it feel like a waste of money that <laughs> the ID? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Did you go with uh, a one or multiple names? Is it Muhammad? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to interrogate you on your crimes on this public podcast. Have you ever had weird alcohol buying stories or no? Um, well, when I was very young, well, when I was a freshman in high school, or not high school, college, uh, when I was a freshman in college, uh, my, I first just tried to buy alcohol Um without a fake id because there was just a place that everyone said if they if you go there they never id you and i don't know if that was just like a lie or if i happened to show their show up on the one night where they were kind of cracking down (laughs) but i like it was the classic like buying alcohol is kind of like buying 
it's like if you're buying condoms or if you're buying X-Men Origins Wolverine on DVD, whatever you're doing, you want to like hide it by like buying other stuff. <laughs> like yeah. <And> <laughs> Right, right. You're like nobody's going to think about me buying this uh, this beer if I'm also getting like chips and a Red yeah. Bull. That's not going to be weird. Yeah. So I would think it's weird tension where like I look in the eyes of the cashier and they're like, we both know something's a little off here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I bring them up and um, the guy, things are going all right. He starts scanning them and he just kind of casually goes, can I see your ID real quick? And then I went, ah, I <laughs> forgot it. And so I just took the alcohol and I put it back. And then I, I, I bought the chips and Red Bull that I didn't need. And um, <laughs> it was very like, like he totally knew that I was faking. Like, there's no way. I even like, I left my backpack outside. I had my backpack with me. I left it outside so I would look older. That was like a very important thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost walked in with my college sweatshirt on. <laughs> so I just tied it around my waist looking like, like I do this. I don't know. It was yeah. a weird dynamic. Yeah. I, I um... I would wear uh, my work clothes sometimes. That works. Uh, or just in general, this is always a key to appearing older, never wear shorts. <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's a rule in stand-up comedy too. Just never wear shorts. Yes. Uh, Horrible people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I once saw a guy walk on stage with shorts and then everyone in Reading, Pennsylvania booed him and they threw a glass at him. Like, <laughs> like, like actual glass. And the guy just kind of like, it's like, ah, like he just like, sorry for trying. And then he just started oh. off. They yeah. threw, did they throw, was it related to the shorts that they it threw was, glass? They started booing because of, um, uh, because of the shorts immediately. And then the audience was very drunk and stuff. And then he, his first three jokes were so God awful. So then <laughs> people were like, ah, and then he, they threw things at him, like in movies, like they actually. Wow. Like yeah. cabbage, like the classic. And I never went there again. Reading, Pennsylvania is the scariest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, they could have a visceral reaction, Reading, Pennsylvania. I, I um, once, uh, one of my friends was trying stand-up for the first time, and he asked me, like, just some general stuff about, you know, his jokes, and I helped him out a little bit. And then I saw him on the day he showed up to do his first set and he walks in wearing cargo shorts <laughs> and it wasn't even like a good time to wear cargo shorts. It was like February. So he had no excuse. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I looked at him and I, I realized like, I was like, ah, I missed the most important thing. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I, yeah. But I feel like everyone, everyone's first time doing it is so like, like the first time I did it, I wore like a jacket that was like, a pretty normal jacket but they thought it was like me trying to be cool i guess and the sure. guy said like who is this nick jonas and i melted <laughs> i like i melted like i <laughs> i wanted to die right then <laughs> i you know, yeah no the problem is like if you're doing stand-up everything you wear feels so intentional like yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like being seen on the street it's like oh this person yeah. put this on knowing knowing everyone was gonna look at them tonight yeah and so they think about everything you're wearing it's <laughs> uh, mine I went for the classic, just like no words on your clothes, uh, as much black as possible. Yeah. <laughs> just like smart. Don't let them notice what you're wearing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not shorts too. Um, 
I I mean, speaking of comedy, like, is this the kind of comedy that you usually prefer in movies? Are these the kinds of movies that make you laugh the most? Because you did uh, say it was the kind of movies that um, emotionally get you the most or coming of age movies. But like, is this your comp, your sense of humor too? I think definitely. Like the thing is, I feel like there's way less like like film comedies that I genuinely like really like. So I think in terms of like that question, yes. So, but like, I just recently, like I got into like the show Dave on Fox. Have you seen that? It's a little Dicky show. Oh yeah. Which weirdly is amazing. And I like, you need, like, it's actually so funny. So good. Andrew Santino's in it. Weird tangent again, but very good. And um, yeah, in terms of like movies, like, I very seldom find movies that I think are actually hilarious and like tell a great story. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Well, I, I, I don't know if I've given you this rant already and maybe you'd agree with this. I'm not sure. I, I, the movies that make me laugh the most that I think when I try to think of the funniest movies I've seen are usually not like traditional comedies. Like, Martin Scorsese movies make me laugh really hard. Like Goodfellas is, is like one of the funniest movies yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen. Or like uh, Pulp Fiction, I think is like uh-huh. hilarious. Or, um, you know, like American Psycho. <laughs> like those yeah. are the movies that pop into I my mind. Know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like a lot of, like I remember like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like I feel like Tarantino always does weird things where it's like actually hilarious the way he uses like the fighting scenes. Right. Like, like when he like bashes the head on the, like on like the, uh, on the table Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I forget who that is. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's, just, it's so repetitive and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Well, and the violence is so yeah. over the top that it's yeah. like. It's like funny then yeah right it's not it's not saving private ryan violence <laughs> where yeah. you're supposed to be disturbed it's like the the violence i unanimously almost all of tarantino's violence is pretty funny yeah like when uma thurman is chopping off people's limbs and kill bill it's hilarious yeah. it's <laughs> so but yeah so then it, it's like very few comedies especially nowadays like really make me laugh and then yeah even like older comedies some of them don't age well. I feel like only select a select few like yeah. classic comedies still like make me laugh a lot today. Um, but the reason super bad I think works so well is because it feels so natural and it's kind of one of those examples of like how that Apatow formula of like letting people riff, like it works. Cause it, yeah. it makes me laugh the way that talking with my friends would make me laugh, you know? Yeah. It all feels very organic. I think that's why the movie's so likable because it's like we we were all in this position and we all would actually kind of talk like that, even if it's fucked up, even if it's yeah, it's like <laughs> this is the way people really exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um, I guess on the flip side of that, are there like kinds of comedies or recent comedies that stick out to you as like an example of what you don't like in comedy? Um, I. When Will Ferrell's um, Netflix comedy with that other, I forget her name. Damn it. Oh, when that, came, that was I a Eurovision or something. I had, yes, I had to turn it off. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. it's so not good. And it's, it's just a weird how people so talented can like produce such weird and like untimely content. I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's funny. Untimely. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Well, because if you think about the good Will Ferrell movies, like you think about like Anchorman, um, he has a lot of moments where he'll scream, but it's like very funny. Like the the weird little yeah. that movie's so quotable because he, you know, like when he calls um, Christina Applegate a smelly pirate hooker, like that's just a that's such a weird specific thing to say, and um, the you are a smelly pirate hooker, and um, like he has so many like things like that that are also motivated because his character is like yeah. super angry uh or whatever where it's like now he's like i know i have to scream non sequiturs but it doesn't feel motivated it feels like yeah. movies <laughs> yeah they like took what was funny in his past movies and then added them on with zero context and like, <laughs> right now <laughs> is this funny now like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like an alien watched anchorman and tried to yeah. recreate it <laughs> and what they thought would worked about it like yeah. oh he screams a lot that's what it is <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and now there's like a double embarrassment because he's an older man he's like a 50 something year old man and you're just kind of like oh like yeah. <laughs> you're still doing this i'll, I'll do that <laughs> yeah that's why i feel watching billy crystal in any movie i he's <laughs> so unlikable like i just i don't know yeah maybe because i've heard people say that he's an asshole in person but sure. just yeah it just feels out of place a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah billy crystal is like well he he also plays assholes <laughs> most yeah, of the yeah. time too. like even in, in his best movies like in when harry met sally like he's kind of a he's kind of a jerk yeah um, well in a way he kind of feels like he's playing like a woody allen role uh mm-hmm. like a sort of neurotic uh city guy um I think, uh, I mean, in comparison to, like, the other Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg movies, uh, like, do you think Superbad's the best? Do you think it's it works the most? Because, like, they also, I mean, pretty much every movie starring Seth Rogen is by the two of them. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's definitely the best in terms of the story it tells and how effectively it tells it. But then I think, like there are movies that I think match it in terms of like entertainment, certainly. Cause it's like sure. when they got bigger and stuff, they were like, like, this is the end has Rihanna. It's like, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rihanna. Like it doesn't even like, but I, that's still an amazing movie, but in terms of his best movie, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say so too. Like, I, I think, um, yeah, a lot of their other movies, like, like sausage party, sausage party didn't totally land for me. Um, uh, the dictator or not the dictator that's the sasha baron cohen movie what's the one where the interview they, the interview yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kim jong-un one yeah. like yeah no, there's funny stuff in like all of their movies but this yeah. is the one like as a whole i think it works the most and it feels like a passion project because it was it was like i think that's mm. the difference it's like when they say that art and adversity like is best when you start writing yeah. a script when you're 14 years old and you finish it when you're 20 something yeah it's likely to he was writing about things that hadn't happened to him yet like he was like (laughs) like going to a party it's like he wouldn't even go to he was 13 like it doesn't even apply yeah Yeah. (laughs) well that's (laughs) rewrite parts of the script to just fit what actual life is like yeah right well yeah that's uh that's such a perfect um 
That's such a perfect way to describe it too, because like, oh, I, I feel like that's what kind of lends it to, to what's so good about the movie. Because the movie, like I said, is all about like expectation and reality, and you feel like part of the movie is what a thirteen-year-old thinks that high school is going to be, <laughs> yeah, and then it's yeah. like, oh, this is what high school actually is. Um, yeah, no, I even think about <laughs> like the clashes with the bullies, the quote-unquote bullies, like. Yes. There's so the guy him immediately. It's like not <laughs> people don't do that. Right. Well, but then like the parts that stick out to me are like when the guy spits on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, it's in like slow motion. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of like a nerf thing in comparison to maybe like um I don't know, there's other movies where like the bully is like still like a 50s greaser who's just going to like shove your head in a toilet, but Sometimes it's just the guy who's going to tell you you're not invited to his party, and then yeah. he might spit well, on you. The way they're walking back, and he's like, "So Jesse wanted me to tell you that you're an f word, and you're not invited to his party." That's such a good, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, and then speaking of the like the expectation reality thing, that whole section, which I think you were, um, you might have referred to when Michael Sarah's talking to Becca and he's talked talking about like the crazy night they had. And it's like, they watched porn, uh, the vagtastic voyage. Vag-tastic voyage yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Then they like, you see him shotgunning beers at home, like in a basement. And then they play ball tap each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah. Seth ball taps them. Yeah. And then um, they, you see them trying to get into a club and in his story, he's like, yeah, we got right in, but then they don't get in. They get kicked <laughs> out. And then like, they, they go to like the family barbecue and cause yeah. a ruckus. <laughs> he's like I, I talked to a man who claimed he he climbed five mountains and then becca's like yes yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. oh so much culture <laughs> yes such a dignified man <laughs> right and i can i can 100 percent relate to that i can 100 percent relate to the oh this night's gonna be great and then yeah oh it's not it's just another one where i end up with my two friends <laughs> you know uh, speaking of the vagtastic voyage, the entire opening conversation about the porn that Seth wants to buy is one of the, <laughs> the best like comedic exchanges of all time. Yeah, and then it segues right into him flirting with his mom. It, it's a great little yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The roller coaster flows very well, like you said earlier. Yeah. I- I uh, the part that sticks out to me is when he's talking about how he wants like certain quality in his porn. He's like, I want some like tra- transitions, some better shots. And he's like, Well, I'm sorry, the Coen Brothers don't direct the porn I watch, which is yeah, great. Also, the little the admission of like how he wants to because he's like, What about Perfect Ten? That could sound like a bowling thing. <laughs> and he's just like, Yeah, but they don't show the penis going into the vagina and a vagina yeah. on its own. Not for me. Not for <laughs> like, me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I have a. I pulled up a couple of reviews here. Uh, do, do you know? Do you know what Letterboxd is? I've heard of them, but uh, you continue. I pulled up Superbad, and I pulled up uh, half star reviews. So people who gave this a half a star out of five, which is the lowest rating you can give the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think a couple of these are interesting. I'm going to read this first one. This one maybe made me the most mad. <laughs> out of all of these um half a star i heard someone say that Booksmart is super bad but not for incels and i couldn't agree more anyways stand Booksmart for clear skin um th- did you see Booksmart? yeah which 
Which is funny because, like, yeah, I mean, Booksmart is kind of a like it's sort of a gender flipped remake of Superbad. Um, yeah. Even one of the leads in that is Jonah Hill's sister, which is funny. Exactly. <laughs> Very odd. The like how Jonah Hill's career has evolved is so interesting. He, yeah. Like in the nineties, like it's it's incredible, but it's by no means how he began. Like it's. Oh, it's definitely inspired. not. Yeah. Well, as a director, you're right with mid nineties, and if you watch interviews interviews with him now too, he's such like a kind of like a thoughtful, cool guy. Um, yeah. I this re, it, the, the reason this review makes me mad <laughs> is to say that Superbad is for incels. I think kind of misses the point of Superbad because, like, I feel like Superbad is kind of like an incel wake up call. It's just like, hey, yeah. there's more important things than trying to get laid <laughs> before you finish uh-huh. high school. You know, this one's pretty funny. This is a half star review. Uh, Seth gets hit by car. Me, God, I wish that killed him. That's it. <laughs> How do people uh, feel this strongly? I don't... I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's hyperbole to give something a half star. That's just... <laughs> have you ever, like, legitimately written a horrible review for something? Like, have you been one of these people? No, because I just don't want to commit that much energy to something... Exactly. ...that I, I dislike. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how hard it was to make this movie. Really? Like, come, I don't know. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's something especially, too, as I've been studying, like, filmmaking more. It's, like, it's hard to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch movies that I would have maybe called trash five years ago, and I'd be like, oh, you know, they give it their best go. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is why I'll get mad by, at something maybe like Eurovision or, like, one of Adam Sandler's Netflix movies from the past few years. Because it's like, oh, you had all of the money in the world, and this is what you did. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I have one last one here. Uh, you should be in prison if you like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best one so far. But <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. No, that's my favorite. Yeah, maybe I agree. I don't know. I should, yeah, we should be in prison. Um, I do, I have rated this on Letterboxd a long time ago. I gave it five out of five stars because it's just like, it's one... I, like of this this type of movie, the coming of age movie, I think it's a five star movie. Um, and then just as like that class of because you know there's like that class of people who were doing comedies, like the stuff that Judd Apatow did, that you usually had this usual suspects suspective group of guys. Like you know, this one st- definitely stands out as a favorite to me. What do you think is like second place out of that class of movies? I, I probably would say Forty Year Old Virgin actually. Um, I'm trying to think of what other Judd Apatow movies were like around this. There was like Knocked Up. Um, Knocked Up was good. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I remember. Um, and in a way, and I'm going to say this, as much as I love this movie and I like other Judd Apatow movies, I feel like in some ways he's kind of ruined comedy movies <laughs> a little bit because like they're all the what same. On a, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, like, yeah, it's a very distinct style. I know what you mean. But um, what were your thoughts on uh, The King of Staten Island? Did you see that? I haven't seen it yet. Did you see it? Okay. Yeah, I saw it. And I have, I have very mixed feelings on it. Like, yeah. it feels like Pete Davidson was picked out as, like, 
a 20-year-old and they were like, you'll be the next Eddie Murphy. And then he's just drastically disappointed everyone. And this movie is a kind of a culmination of that. Like they try to make it too drama-y and it's never legitimately funny besides Bill Burr. Like Bill Burr makes everything better. Oh yeah, I love Bill Burr. I don't know. I just feel like his, maybe his movie time, I don't know if it'll be up. I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, generally his problem now is like all his movies are a half hour too long. Um, Yeah. And he could like, oh, uh, what was the, oh, the Adam Sandler one with him and Seth Rogen, funny people. Like they're all kind of saying something sort of introspective and, and I, I feel like he is making like passion projects. Like, I don't think it's like throwaway stuff um, except maybe that Amy Schumer movie train wreck that kind of seemed like a, <laughs> like a paycheck job yeah. for him. But like a lot of these are like his scripts and he's, you know, he puts a lot of work into them and it's just like, I don't know. I think he is maturing a little bit. Like, I don't think he would do something as silly as the 40 year old virgin again, but also I'm like, something like the 40 year old version, like the silliness complements the heartfelt parts of that movie. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like for a lot of people, like in my generation, like we just, in some ways looking at like, like movies just for comedy, it feels like comedy just completely moved to like, if I want to laugh, I go see stand up or I go yeah. online and it's like, I just feel like the the entire like Judd Apatow like that generation has like kind of moved on and I don't know how that will come back. Like it's kind of like is that over? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because a lot of his movies are kind of like watching stand up cuz he'll just like cut to an actor riffing and like yeah. doing a bit and it's kind of a non sequitur. Like you even said yourself the best parts of King of Staten Island are Bill Burr. Yeah. Cuz just Bill Burr's a great comic (laughs) you know so it's like he's kind of relying on this charisma of his actors to like oh yeah just do you know just do your thing and then we'll put it in the movie and people will (laughs) laugh and like and i'm not opposed to that kind of comedy it's just that now that it's like so homogenous like the formula now for comedies are like they're all like as a director you don't have to do much like super bad isn't uh in quote-unquote artfully made film you know it's it's yeah yeah it's functional um, for the kind of movie it is, but so many like now it's just like oh, put your camera on the guys. They're gonna they're gonna riff, uh, and then you fit it into some plot. Uh, I don't know, um, and it that, that kind of takes away the potential of like a lot of great comedies, like you know like Airplane or some of these great like eighties comedies yeah. that did rely so much on like props and filmmaking to a big yeah. extent. I feel like just more. Yeah. I feel like to add on, it's like people's standards, I feel like have kind of been like weirdly lowered, even though it's like more attention's put on them. Like I like, I don't want to point out that person, Sarah Cooper, who was like just voicing uh, Donald Trump on TikTok. She was given like a full on Netflix special and it just doesn't feel like that's the way things should be. It's like <laughs> like some people are funny. Like it's <laughs> t- so she went from TikTok to getting a Netflix special. Yes, that and I don't know if it's out yet, but it's like just her being like, "Ah, Trump sucks, right, guys?" <laughs> okay. All right. I love I love that hot take that Trump sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never I've never seen such a brave comic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and uh, uh, I, like I've never seen Sarah Cooper, so I can't. I don't have anything to <laughs> to say, like a, a, a real opinion. Um, but yeah, it is like I, well, I, f- I mean, the general thing about like marketing is they just see what works and they go after that. So people are trying to figure out the the like the industries like Netflix and stuff. They're trying to figure out why TikTok works you know (laughs) and they're like oh this person's popular on tiktok which is popular so give them a special but like what they don't realize about tiktok is people like it because they can sit on their bed and scroll from one thing to the next and yeah (laughs) it's the format more than it is the individual yeah yeah creators (laughs) um but no, I'm happy. I'm very, I'm super excited to see how that stand-up special turns out. <laughs> uh, did you ever see, oh man, did you ever see, um, I'm going to get banned from the Joe Rogan podcast for saying this. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm never going to, never going to make it on now, now that I've said this. But did you see the uh, special for um, uh, Brendan Schaub? Oh, I, I watched The Fighter and the Kid, but I haven't seen, no. Oh. Wait, is that the Showtime one, like, from a while ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was from, like, earlier this year, I think. Like, the oh, beginning of this I year. I have not seen it, no. Y- yeah, it was It was bad. It was... <laughs> I, it, and not, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've seen some bad comedy specials. Uh, and, and I've seen... I mean, like, I just recently watched Rob Schneider's special. <laughs> you know, I've seen some bad ones. But, yeah, the Brendan Schaub one, that was a perfect example of this guy... You know, he was a an MMA fighter, and then, you know, he was he's friends with Rogan, mm-hmm. and people found out through the podcast that he's like an affable, maybe conversationally funny guy, and then he does his other podcasts and stuff, and so it's just like, all right, throw him on a stage, yeah. you know, let's let's do it. That's what people like, and then you throw him on a stage, and you're like, oh, but he doesn't know how to write jokes and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's far too often seen, and I feel like there's going to be like a shift where like, like, like Mark Norman and Sam Morrill and Joe, like all those like New York City comedy guys. Sure, like yeah. They didn't get any like opportunity from anyone, and they're getting like millions of views on YouTube. Like, imagine if Brandon Schaub wasn't famous, and you just put that on YouTube, three right. people would see that and say, "Fuck this guy!" Like, it's just. Wasn't Mark Norman's last special just dropped on YouTube like that? Yeah. 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 It's better than most Netflix specials. Entirely. Yeah. (laughs) Rob Schneider got a Netflix deal. Um, Have have I told, sorry, go ahead. Modern family guy. Have you seen his? The, which which modern family guy? The, uh, that's, see that, that is a good question. You have, (laughs) Uh, I don't really watch the show, but it's like the insanely pale boy. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I saw that and it made me want to die. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out to anybody listening, we're totally punching up here because um, uh, I've been paid to do stand-up comedy maybe three and a half times. Oh, entirely. No, I suck. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm doing it a few times. <laughs> right, right. We're not, yeah, we're not, we're not b- belittling anybody here. They're, they, they could care less about <laughs> this criticism. Um, that being said, Brendan Schaub, come on, come on, we are movies. Love to love to talk to you about your favorite movie. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. It, it, it's it's been a good time. Uh, what about you? Yeah, 
Do people normally have things to conclude on? <laughs> no, not really. You sure plug the gram. Maybe I'll get some followers. Okay. I, I just posted a picture with like a pumpkin head on. That's funny, right? I don't know. Oh, no, no, that's brilliant. That's genius. <laughs> Brendan Shaw would be proud. all right everybody that wraps up another episode of we are movies thank you so much for listening thank you to zach for coming on i really appreciate it go follow him on instagram at zach and liss z-a-c-h-n-l-i-s-s uh we comics really need validation during these trying times when we can't get on the stage the internet's the only way it can happen so um this is just a little psa support support your comedian friends above all else um, <laughs> I'm speaking on behalf of both of us, please. Uh, and you can do that by also supporting this podcast. Um, if you are a fan, uh, I always appreciate a review and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at we are movies pod. You can also like the Facebook page. We are movies. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, J O H N N Y M O C N Y. Uh, be sure to check out Brendan Schaub's latest, uh, comedy special um i'm sorry mr shab i don't know where that came from my this constant verbal abuse you seem like a nice guy i i uh, i apologize on behalf of the entire podcast Uh, so uh come on sometime um I have a lot of great stuff planned for you for the rest of the year. Some pretty cool episodes and a celebrity interview of sorts. That's all I'm going to say for now. So until then, this is Johnny Mockney saying, do you know a guy named Jimmy? Because you look like his brother.